Tifa. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a progressive talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo. I am joined by my co-host, LaDonna Loki. LaDonna, how you doing? I am well, thank you. Great. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Merry Christmas. You know, we say Merry Christmas on this podcast. We say Happy Holidays. <laughs> happy uh, everything. Happy Festivus. <laughs> because we will not participate in the war on Christmas. We just mm-hmm. will not. We, we, we will not be a party to this To this. Blasphemy. But we will air our grievances. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking around. Christmas is stupid. But um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, look, dude, I, look, I, I'm an atheist, but I fucking love Christmas. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, but it's not. Look, it's really not a religious holiday. Like I the Christians fucking love pretend, Christmas. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 look, the Christians can pretend it's it's a it's a religious holiday. But like, let's be real. Like, seventy percent of the country is Christian, but ninety percent celebrate Christmas. So, well, you know, it doesn't really <laughs> tie to the birth of Jesus. It ties back to pagan holidays. You know, lots of other you know facts about it. Yeah, but you know what? Let's let's be festive and put up a wreath and you know. Well, J- uh, Jimmy Dore on his podcast this week actually did really good, like historical coverage of how fucked up Christmas actually is <laughs> a holiday. It in the modern incarnation, like it used to be, you know, the um, oh, I forget what, what forget what it's called. Um, it, something basically based around the solstice, and then they to to lure like pagans into Christianity. They're like, no, you can still celebrate on the same at the same exactly. time, but yeah. and it just became all it, it became involved. But then there was also like. Like, like the Christians used to like make the Jews run like naked through the streets and, and or like go singing door to it's there's real fucked up shit. Yeah. Lee Camp was talking about, um, you know, the, the idea of Santa Claus and basically how, you know, the, the poor are demonized, you know, as a part of it and all of that. So, you know, there's a lot consumer culture. There's a gazillion things you could talk to, but shut up, drink some eggnog and, you know, let's get on with it. That's my philosophy. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) No, absolutely. Um, well, you know, speaking of Christmas, uh, the Republicans decided to give a fucking lovely little Christmas gift to all their donors this week. Um, Actually, I think it's a gift to the Democrats, let's be honest. Yeah, I, you see, you would say that, but they don't seem to know how to use that gift. So I, don't, I, I would agree even, with you there. Um, yeah. So, no, they, you know, we talked about it a lot last week because it had passed uh, through the Senate as of the last podcast we did. But now it's official. Trump signed it uh, today or yesterday. Yesterday, I believe. Against <laughs> all advice, too. I mean, even the Republicans didn't want him to sign it yet because they knew that, you know, if some of the pieces were enacted, that it would hit before midterms and they'd have a bloodbath. And he doesn't fucking listen because apparently, according to him, he saw something on the news about how people were like, oh, is Trump going to keep his word and do this, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, ah, fuck, I'll sign it. Who cares what happens he next year? He doesn't fucking know anything. Like, <laughs> and I'm not just saying that to be like, you know, the, 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 obviously it's the easiest criticism in the world. But the reason I say that is because he doesn't care about policy. He cares about being liked and he cares about winning. So... 
this is literally the first major piece of legislative policy win that he's had his entire first year in office. <laughs> I mean, like, it's seriously, I can, can you think of another thing? That and he had actually... nothing to do with it, except no, signing he had it. nothing to do with it. Exactly. <laughs> Well, that's why, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's another thing that fucking annoys me that like, I, and I talk to a lot of people, you know, at work or whatever, who are like, oh my God, well, he's just the worst and he's doing this and he's doing that. I'm like, um, y- you realize this is like a Republican wet dream, this tax bill. Like this is not Trump's <laughs> yeah. tax bill. Like he doesn't fucking know about tax policy. He knows I want to pay as little as possible and I don't give a fuck what law you break to do it. Like that's right. what he knows. Like. This is Republicans are just getting away with the most heinous shit they can because they have a supermajority because the Democrats are incompetent. That's what's happening. Like this is which is not to say that Trump is good. He's fucking awful. But like, don't (laughs) you know, don't try to pretend like this is like some, you know, this isn't business as usual because this is what they've been trying to get away with for fucking years. Well, the funny part is. There are a lot of, you know, millionaires and other people who stand to benefit from this plan, at least in the short run, that are speaking out against it. I mean, it, so they did some some different models, I think, on The New York Times and a couple of other sites. And from all looks of it, at least in the short run, I stand to gain. I will probably do better under this plan. I still fucking oppose it. And I oppose it because of what it's a preface to. It's a preface to cuts in Medicare, cuts in Social Security, cuts in, you know, every form of entitlement, benefit program, et cetera, you know, things to help the poor. And this is taking from those who have less and giving to those who have more. And so the, those who have more, you know, are, have come out, many of them, and said, you know, I think a Disney heiress and some others have said, like, I we, we don't want this. We want, like, good roads and, you know, we want people to not be homeless and we want health care and, you know, God forbid, like, <laughs> we, we actually want, like, a good world where people are prosperous, that if they're prosperous, you know, everyone does well. It's crazy. Well, and also, I mean, you know, like you or maybe even I might do slightly better in the short term, but all the middle class tax cuts uh, sunset after, I think, 2027. Right. But none of the tax cuts for the rich do. I mean, you know, the top 1% is getting 80% of the tax breaks in this whole fucking bill. I mean, you know, they could still enact something at a later date that would change that. But you're right that, you know, for now, that's the way it's written. I mean, this is just written, this is written by Goldman Sachs. Like you could tell this is just written by fucking Gary Cohn and Steve Mnuchin and all these other. Koch brothers, Alec, K Street. (laughs) Yeah. These just K Street vampires who just want to suck as much money. But like, and they used to be good about being subtle about it. and, And they would actually give like a sizable tax cut to the middle class. So most people would say at least like. At least they were giving to everybody. Yeah. Exactly. Which is how they would cover for the heinous shit they would do because you in the short term would be like, oh, my God, this is awesome, which is kind of what they're trying to do here. But it's almost not even because they've gotten rid of a lot of deductions for uh, middle class people as well. I mean, right. like basic deductions. Um, and but, but of course, <laughs> they've added new fucking loopholes for the super <laughs> for themselves. Rich, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other part of this that's you know troubling is when you have members of Congress whose wealth is, you know, so far exceeds that of the average American. And so they're voting for legislation that benefits themselves and no one else. It's just like, it should be fucking against the law to be a member of Congress. If you're worth more than a certain amount of money, it really, or you know what, or fine. You can, you know, you can change these laws, but yeah, you, you aren't allowed to directly benefit from it. Like your, your net worth cannot go up, you know, for your, your congressional term and five years after or some shit like that. Like there needs to be some, 
You mean like Hillary Clinton's net worth was like five hundred thousand when she, you know, <laughs> became was first lady, and now she's worth about five hundred million dollars. Well, something. Barack Obama. I mean, look yeah. at him. You know, I mean, Nancy all of them. Pelosi is one of the, like, they don't go in there in for their. Yeah, they don't go in there for as much as you know their salary might you know make a lot of Americans happy. That isn't. That's nothing. That's slave wages to them. What they go yeah. in for is the big piece of the pie. In, in like in early American history, when people would go into office with no money and leave multimillionaires, we would call them fucking criminals. Like we wouldn't call them, you know, <laughs> politicians. Yeah. You should not be making that much money when you're in office. Like you should you should be making your your yearly salary as a congressperson, which is a pretty fucking good salary. Like it's pretty. It's, you know. it's not even the appearance of impropriety. It's just flat it's, out oh, corruption. So, yeah. You can't call it anything else. I mean, you can't. I mean, maybe, sure, if you get, like, a book deal, that's fine. Like, anything beyond that, you should not be making millions of fucking dollars while you're... I could, I could even handle some speaking fees, although, you know, maybe $650,000 for one speech. You know, that might be a bit much, just going to say, yeah, but, I, you know... It depends I, on where you're speaking, but you know <laughs> what, though? Honestly, it, nobody wants to hear what, like, Nancy Pelosi has to fucking say about anything. <laughs> the only reason you pay her a speaking fee... Is because you want to bribe her. Like, right. so, you know, a company will come and pay to have her speak. Um, I don't know if you ever heard her fucking speak for more than two minutes before, <laughs> but you want to stab yourself in the fucking head with a screwdriver. Like, it's not a it's Either not she a needs to be medicated. Experience. Yeah, either she needs to be medicated or I do. <laughs> yeah, like, really. Maybe um, both. I don't know. <laughs> so the only, to me, the only logical conclusion is that they're not paying her to listen to her speak. They're paying her to be like, hey... You know, next time that bill uh, about Medicare for all comes up, make sure that the party as a whole doesn't support it and that you hold the line with all the shitty Democrats who also take money from us. You know, right. like, so, yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, tax bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th th this fucking bill is awful. Um, it, it, it's literally maybe the worst piece of financial legislation I've ever seen. But um, um, possibly the worst piece of it any legislation ever. I mean, it's, yeah. it's up there. It's, it's long-term effects. Yeah. Are going to be, uh, not good. So, well, and it kills me because people are announcing stuff like, you know, AT&T has said that they're going to give, you know, thousand dollar bonuses to every employee. And then they don't talk about how they're also announcing the layoffs of, you know, 600 employees in Wisconsin, well, you know, all these different States. And the fact that, that those things were probably planned before this even happened anyway. And the fact that it's a drop in the bucket compared to the money they're getting for, you know, net neutrality and all of that other stuff the at&t thing actually was in fact um pre like the, their union <laughs> had actually negotiated those bonuses oh yeah that's right yeah and they're trying to claim credit because they want to push trump's agenda obviously because right. <laughs> he's been nothing but fucking he's been giving them nothing but fucking gifts since he got into office you know between net neutrality and this and yeah um and and, you know, I mean, to me, this is just like um, that show Undercover Boss, um, <laughs> which our buddy Steve Klubeck actually was on yes. once. I, I, I got to track that episode down. But um, it, it, it's like, oh, aren't I so aren't I so kind, the kind billionaire, the, you know, the philanthropist that I'm going to give this employee $50,000 to pay off their mom's medical bills. How about you pay your fucking employees a living wage so they don't have to go on a game show to fucking 
help their family survive. Like, what the fuck? It's performance art. You make them sob and you give them money. Yeah. And all of the free advertising that company gets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's such a crock of shit. And it yeah, I've watched that show for a little while. And, and once I kind of realized the gist of it, I was just disgusted. I couldn't watch it anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Because like when you watch it at first, it seems like funny and like kind of like a nice thing. But then you think about it for five seconds. You're like, oh, this is just... They're trying to humanize like the worst people in the fucking country. Like, yeah. like and these, it is these fucking CEOs. Terrible companies like you oh, know, yeah. Klubeck timeshares and all, you know, yeah. Yeah, Diamond Resorts, like, you know. Yeah. Casino owners and all those sorts of shit. <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah, how about you do that with a fucking small business and like give them fifty thousand why doesn't <laughs> NBC give them fifty fucking thousand dollars to, you know, uh, just um so uh the march towards neo-mccarthyism continues uh in congress uh this week it really just took a fucking turn um because the house intelligence committee uh announced that they are investigating jill stein for russian collusion (laughs) She's sitting back laughing, though. I love it, her interviews. Oh, yeah. She's so bemused by this whole fucking thing. Because she knows this is not about her, you know, having dinner with the fucking Russians once. It's all about punishing her for daring to challenge the fucking queen, you know, in a presidential election and actually making her look shitty because you ran to her left. Like, nobody... She's at a table with a bunch of people who speak only Russian and there's no interpreter there. How long... Like, how much did they get done during that dinner? I just want to know. She was, like, fucking invited there. Like, you know, by the TV station. She paid her own ticket. She didn't even get a ticket paid for. Uh, This is fucking ridiculous. And, and, you know, people are like, oh, that's the same dinner Mike Flynn's at. Yeah, Mike Flynn's in trouble because, A, he lied about it. And, B, he received 45000 from the Russians and didn't report it. Right. That neither of those is true about Jill Stein. Like, she was very transparent about it from the beginning. And right. uh, she didn't say two words to Putin. You know, she was like, yeah, no, I, you know, shook his hand when he went around the table. And that's about it. I'm sorry. If I got a fucking dinner invite from Vladimir Putin, I'd probably go and fucking, <laughs> you know, sit like sit and I, I'd be curious. I mean, like, I, I don't know if I'd fly to Russia because that seems like a hassle. But <laughs> I learned a couple of Russian phrases. Why not? Yeah, sure. I learned how to say pussy riot in um, <laughs> Russian. Be like, you, hey, you, you listen to the new pussy riot CD? Wear my big rainbow flag. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'd get like, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't see me again, but you know. Whatever. This is why we don't get invited to these dinners. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, did you see, by the way, Jimmy Dore did an interview with uh, the lead singer from Pussy Riot? No, I didn't. No, it was pretty, it was pretty good. It was yeah. short, but... Uh, She's she's an interesting. She agrees that like the U.S. focus on on the Russian thing is ridiculous and and has been turning into a witch hunt and you know all that sort of shit. But like to, I mean, to the point, it's like there's it, it, we paint Russia with such a broad stroke, and it's like yeah, well that chick is from fucking Russia and she's dope as hell. She's like you know, this amazing revolutionary that stands up to Putin and his fucking fascism and all this shit, and it's like. And many of the Russians in this country, it's the same story. Yeah. 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 They don't like, I mean, it's just crazy, you know? Um, So (laughs) when that, when this whole thing came out, uh, Zach uh, Petkanas, I don't know, 
this this asshole on Twitter. Um, <laughs> tweet, you know, he retweeted the uh, an initial story about it, and then he tweeted out, uh, "Jill Stein is a Russian agent. Jill Stein is a Russian agent." About <laughs> yeah. like fifteen times in a row. So it turns out Zach uh, Pet Petanus, where the fuck his name is, is a um, former. <laughs> Uh, Hillary Clinton, director of rapid response. Uh, so shocker. Yeah. So his rapid response apparently is to fucking lie and smear a, uh, candidate who got about 1% of the vote because they dared run against his fucking queen. Anthony, like that's, I don't know how this narrative benefits them. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's so funny cause like Jill Stein actually, you know, orchestrated this fucking recount. Which where in which she tried to prove that Trump stole the election from Hillary. Right. And and it's like this is the fucking thanks she gets because still nothing will ever be enough because the Clintons are fucking vindictive motherfuckers. And if you ever dare to challenge them uh, and it's real easy to challenge them because they're horrible and their positions are terrible and indefensible in a Democratic primary um, or, in, or just in general election in general, their positions are fucking conservative to the core. I mean, you know, it, yeah. it's just so if you dare challenge them, everyone said, you know, Nomi said in my interview with her that the Clintons are extremely vindictive. Um, that's what they do. They just smear you nonstop and try to destroy you and try right. to, you know, lock you up for fucking bullshit, which is hilarious because that's what their biggest claim is that Hillary constantly is under, you know, uh, phony investigation well meanwhile look at this shit that these these you know uh, and I'm, I, in, I'm in such a rock and a hard place on this one you know we've talked about this many times in the podcast i do think this administration is compromised financially you know sure. otherwise by russia but so this isn't Mueller, i think by that the way. right the, but the I, jill but, stein thing this is the intelligence committee right. which is different yeah but, you know, I also think that people are going fucking bananas down these wormholes in, you know, uncovering every possible, you know, Russian connection you ever had. Oh, my God, you ate borscht once, you know, like, <laughs> and, and so because I have now on my profile, well, there you go, <laughs> See? but, you know, it's near Russia. So, you know, they were part of the USSR. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, because I have that I voted sign on my profile now, I mean, my, my opinions are invalid to any Hillary supporter. Even if I agree <laughs> with some pieces of the Russian narrative, I must be Russian and, you know, out to destroy our country and all of that. So, yeah, it's what's happening online is just bananas. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, and, you know, <laughs> this fucking House Intelligence Committee is really going to be looked back on like the House Un-American Committee, like, you know, the, the panel McCarthy put together. It's just really a bunch of fucking hack career politicians who have no spine or backbone and no actual policy substance. So all they are is we're not Republicans. And now the greatest gift they've ever gotten is we're not Trump and you know, Trump is a Russian puppet and yada, yada, yada. Well, the other thing that came out this week was that the, the Republicans have a secret group that's been investigating the committee that's investigating. <laughs> so they had like their secret closed door meeting with Nunes this and, what we're fucking and wasting others. our time on. While, while, you know, like while... Rome burns, whatever. <laughs> while Republicans are burning down our fucking democracy. This is the shit that we're, we're focusing on and that they're in turn focusing on. It's just like... 
like you know the Ted Lou's and the Adam Schiff's of the world. Like, just get the fuck out of Washington. Like, why are you there? You don't want to. You don't want to serve the people. You just want to fucking line your pockets because you know Adam Schiff in particular takes a fucking ton of money from defense contractors, and you just want to line your pockets by stoking this fucking xenophobia. And well, Ted Lou is is clearly planning to be a commentator. I mean, that's you know what he's been you know yeah. doing more and more of, and you know. They're hurting the country, though. It's like, what? what, What's their end game? Like, do they realize that they're bringing us to the brink of another fucking world war? Like, by by stoking tensions between (laughs) arguably the two biggest superpowers, nuclear superpowers, in the fucking world. Well, and they all want war anyway. If they're answering to defense, they want war. So whether it's with North Korea or Iran or Russia or whoever, I mean, oh, don't worry, Nikki Haley's doing plenty to get us into a fucking war with Iran all on her own. Exactly. Oh, God, I, I just, I can't. Um, so, yeah, no, Jill Stein's not a fucking Russian agent. And if you believe that, you're a fucking moron. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, uh, speaking of Nikki Haley, by the way, did you see her fucking just sanctimonious, horrible speech that she gave to the uh, General Security Council? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I, I've never, Are we talking I, about the one with the prop or the one? Is there one? No, after? no, no. There was one after that, after the U.N. vote to condemn uh, U.S.'s move. She was like, we will not forget, you know, <laughs> the names of the. Ba- it was just this. The, she went on for like five minutes. It was I, 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 look it up if you if you <laughs> haven't heard it. It's the most sanctimonious fucking thing I've ever heard. It was like this body, has, you know, has has repeatedly and in, in, in an imbalanced way condemned Israel over. But like, oh, God, yeah. Pity the poor fucking oppressors who are literally occupying another fucking sovereign, you know, nation's lands and fucking oppressing its people <laughs> and who get tons of some money and fucking weapons and support from us. Like something the, like the, three the million. Biggest, yeah. 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 The biggest military in the fucking history of the, of the world. So, you know. Yeah, let, let, let me shed a tear for the U.N. with their toothless resolutions, which don't even have any sanctions attached to them about Israel. Well, like it all just their, shows all their resolutions are, are like Israel's bad. Like the, the, what you're doing is bad. Like there's not even sanctions involved. Like what the fuck are you like whining about? It just shows you what the world community thinks of us and what a joke we are right now. And that's that's the frustrating part. Um to have you know so many countries come out and basically say you guys are idiots on this it's just yeah <laughs> and honestly you know and honestly trump's been like horrible on this and he's been worse but obama wasn't fucking great on this either he didn't he never stood up to them like he had a tense relationship with netanyahu because netanyahu doesn't like anybody that's not a fucking rabid warmongering lunatic um not to say that barack obama was uh, you know adverse to war but um but he didn't. He one time we abstained from a vote condemning Israel, uh, but we we never actually voted to condemn them or actually pushed them to, you know, end their apartheid or you know push sanctions or anything like that. We we haven't had fucking any president do that to my knowledge. Since sixty seven, I don't think we've ever had a president push Israel to end their fucking occupation. So I, you know. They're deemed as important to U.S. interests over there. They're deemed as, you know, the only friendly face we have over in the Middle East, which is not true. Um, (laughs) And if it is true, it's because, you know, again, they're they're against every other country. And so if you're their friend, you kind of can't be, you know, on the side of anybody. You can't have a balanced opinion when it comes to the Middle East. You're just you're not allowed. Um, You're not allowed to see anything in the middle. And 
that that's frustrating. <sighs> yeah, I, I just uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know what's <laughs> gonna fix that because I mean it's just a nightmare and it. Well, Jared Kushner's gonna fix it because you know he's. He's going to negotiate peace in the Middle East. In so. his, his fucking polo outfit and his <laughs> flak jacket. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and, you know, honestly, Bernie's really shitty on that, too. Like, he's he's not great. He's better than every other sitting senator. Um, but that's not to say that he's good on that issue because he did, like, an interview uh, with Vox or somebody, and he was kind of shitty about it. He's like, well, look, you know, the, the U.N., uh, you know, I don't know why the UN focuses disproportionately on Israel. They should talk about Saudi Arabia and all these. Other, and it's like Bernie, they do. Like <laughs> Israel <laughs> is like is is like the most supported, uh, financed oppressor that exists in the world right now. They're one of the biggest human rights violators in the world, other than Saudi Arabia. I mean, like what they they should be focusing on them disproportionately because they're. Uh, you know, a, a sitting member on all these committees and they have an immense um, amount of power for such a small nation. And it's like, well, look, we've got no talking room on human rights abuses in this country. We just don't because, you know, we're guilty of it ourselves. And, you know, there's plenty of people that could be put up for war crimes and human rights abuses and everything and yeah, things that are still happening. So yeah, we, we can't call anyone out on that anymore. And um, yeah, it puts us in a difficult situation. Well, yeah, I mean, because then you not that we don't, at, we still do. We look still at American say. Empire, and uh, <laughs> nobody ever wants to do that. So, yeah. <sighs> well, you know, <laughs> more and more fun news. Um, <laughs> well, this actually is fun news. Uh, the truth is out there, apparently. Because, <laughs> um, there was this big story uh, that broke last week about Harry Reid uh, pushing for this uh, kind of secret branch of the government. Uh, secret, uh, I don't know if it was a department, it was basically it was a department that researched uh, alien activity or UFO activity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the U.S. So uh, along with that, so uh, you knew you were reading about the details of that, right? Like basically he kind of helped out one of his buddies uh, with the contract. Well, yeah, that was, that was sort of the problem. I mean, if you look at the program itself, like I don't have an issue with that. I don't have an issue with, Hey, maybe we've got some things here that don't make sense. Let's take a look at them, call it whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, but my issue with it was, you know, awarding this contract to one of his buddies. Um, you know, that, I mean, Harry Reid's going to Harry Reid. Like, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. He's one of the more corrupt, you know, Democrats we've had, but I mean, there was discussion of a little bit of this in the Podesta emails, you know, a while back. And so, you know, we knew that there were, you know, people well, in our government the- that were interested in this and it's not a shocker to see that actually it would be more of a shock if they weren't looking into this, um, you know, and trying to figure out what these unexplained things are. One of the Podesta emails actually was to Tom DeLong, who is the uh, former, you know, guitarist from uh, Blink-182. And he is um, super into UFOs, <laughs> uh, for anyone that knows him. He, like, started this this academy, or I don't know what the fuck it is. Seems like a Ponzi scheme to me, but um, <laughs> it's called To the Stars Academy. And basically, um, they're, they, you know, their, their mission is to create, uh, you know, multimedia projects and to do scientific research into, you know, into alien life and all this stuff. So, but they actually, you know, to their credit, were really integral 
in uh, getting that video out there that we saw last week's. And, uh, you know, there's a podcast, so I can't play it. For, but for anyone that uh, didn't see that video, really check it out. It, you, you probably s- like search like CNN UFO or like 2004 UFO. You'll find it. Um, really does look like a flying saucer. It's I fucking mean, crazy. It, like textbook <laughs> definition of what you would think a flying saucer would look like and do because it, it was doing. Yeah, no. It, so it was a 2004 video from an F-15 fighter jet. So it was officially a Department of Defense uh, surveillance video. And it's this fighter jet following uh, an unidentified, you know, craft. And it's like, oh my God, what is that? Is that, and you can't really understand what they're saying. But there's they somebody asking, that actually says there's a whole fleet of them. So we only yeah. see the one on camera, but it, they're saying that there were more of them. And when you look at it in the video, it's, 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 it looks like a flying saucer. It's shaped like a saucer. It's moving in different directions. It's fucking insane. Defying like, no, the laws of physics. Yeah. No, yeah moving no, against the wind. And yeah. No craft we have could could do the, you know, as far as we know, at least in terms <laughs> of, you know, non-experimental craft can do the shit this thing does. At one point it's going and it literally rotates on its axis as it's still propelling forward. Like it, it's fucking nuts. Like really go out of your way to check that video out because it's maybe the most convincing video I've seen. Well, and, and that was one of the bigger concerns with it, honestly, was people that, that don't even believe in UFOs were saying, okay, well, if it's not, you know, an alien craft, then it's some other country that has technology that we don't have and we need to figure that shit out. <laughs> um, it ain't ours. So, you know, and, and there was a question, it was sort of blurred at me, like uh, blocked out a little bit. Is that a blah, blah, blah. Um, it sounded like they were referring to some sort of yeah, a, a U.S. I, thing. Everyone wrote that down as unintelligible in captions, but I was like, people really should analyze what they were saying there. Cause it's yeah. probably some secret shit that we don't know about. Yeah. Well, you know, if you spend any time in Nevada or Arizona or, you know, anywhere where there's these large stretches of, of open land, you, you just see some shit. You, you see weird shit. And so it was funny this week um, with the launch of SpaceX, a lot of people weren't paying attention, didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, that's funny. And then they see this crazy shit across the sky and, you know, Southern California and Arizona. I videos, <laughs> friends of mine sent me and it did. I mean, it looked like some crazy shit, but it was you know, SpaceX, which Elon Musk was funny. He's like, yeah, this is my, you know, alien North Korean missile ship, you know, <laughs> whatever. But um, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I've always personally been super into UFOs. Like since I was a kid, I, I've always loved that sort of shit. Um, you know, love the X-Files. Yeah. How <laughs> but, can you not? I mean, it's just, it, it's interesting. It's the, we don't know if it's real or, you know, we have unexplained things, you know? Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm almost certainly convinced we've been visited like in, you know, not like literally on the ground, like walking around, but like, but like by UFO, by craft, like it's, there's so many occurrences of it. Um, you know, like actual, like documented proof of, of kind of unidentified objects and stuff. I did a poll on Twitter to see kind of what people thought. And overwhelmingly, I want to say like 96% of people believe one of three things, either that they're already here and living here, that they've, you know, visited before or that (laughs) they they exist and we just, and they just don't give a shit about us. Like only a tiny percentage, it was like 4% believe that, that they just don't exist at all. So, I mean... I don't want to live in that world. Like, <laughs> like honestly, like I, it, it it's profoundly lonely to think. And, you know, obviously as like Neil deGrasse Tyson says, it would be profoundly arrogant to think that of all the billions and trillions of stars and clusters that we're the only, uh, 
sentient life or even life in general. He got uh, that from know. Carl Sagan, but yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Carl Sagan yeah. did say that initially, but um, and it's true. It's 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 actually more scientifically probable that there is plenty of other life out there uh, in the universe. Um, the, you know, obviously the question then becomes. Uh, are they capable of faster than light travel? Because to get to our solar system, you'd have to travel faster than, than light to get here in any kind of a, what we believe to be a biological lifespan, you know? And, yeah. Well, I mean, I agree with people that say a couple of things. One of them is that, you know, if there are life forms out there that, that are capable of, you know, coming, traveling here, whatever, that we probably should just leave them the fuck alone because they could decimate us, you know, in a second. Um, so I think that, and then I also think that just the criteria that we use for identifying life on other planets, I think it's flawed. We don't even understand all of the life on our own planet. If you go under the sea, I mean, there's some crazy shit, you know, and, and there's things that have lived for millions of years, you know, single celled organisms, things that are different materials that we're just discovering now, you know, we're learning to communicate with dolphins, you know, using different technologies. We can't even communicate with or understand the life on our own fucking planet. We are in no, <laughs> no way ready for any, <laughs> any extraterrestrials. I saw someone tweet out something like, uh, guys, this would be a bad time to visit us right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, somebody said, you know, so if they said, take you, take me to your leader, you know, who would you take them to? And I'm like, y'all are talking about Bernie, right? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, totally, we're taking him to Bernie. Fuck that. I don't care if we have to stage a violent coup to to make that happen. We are not letting fucking sentient life meet Donald Trump as the first stuff. Pretty sure some of the resistance unfollowed me when I tweeted that. As they usually do. Oh God, yeah, I can't believe you still have resistance. Fucking follow. Well, it was because that stupid that stupid pin tweet you had for a million years about the Russia thing that you had all these like Bernie haters following you. uh, Yeah, it's it's such a weird weird mix on my Twitter now because I mean some of you know the resistance people that I've agreed with things on you know they stick around even though you know I disagree with them on other things just because we've had a personal exchange, which I think is a positive way you know, a mature way to look at things politically. You may not agree with someone on everything. That doesn't mean you have to fucking unfollow them. You you can unfollow if they're really offensive or, you know, just batshit crazy. But if you just disagree on things, um, you know, what's the big deal? I think that's a more mature way of looking at it. And God forbid you be able to have a conversation with someone who thinks differently and walk away from it. As I've had many times with Hillish reporters and just gone, okay, well, you know, you think this, I think that move along and, and, you know, go on about our days and nothing explodes. So I don't know, but it is a strange mix. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but in any event, it's a cool story. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> <sighs> um, I guess we should get into the, uh, <laughs> the weekly sex assault roundup because that's going to probably take up the rest entire of rest time. of this call. Yeah. yeah. Let me uh, play us in. So, um, couple, couple, uh, people this week, uh, got caught up in the, uh, 
caught up in the net. Um, We're still in drips and drabs of this. Like I'm waiting for the the big one, the story of you know the congressional one. Yeah, yeah. there's like 20 people they're investigating, and they are starting to release the details of these settlements and stuff. So I'm like, okay, when when is the the big one going to hit? And I can only assume it's going to be over the holidays because you know, (laughs) nice Christmas present to everybody. Um, Um, so you know. There's a couple this week, and we'll we'll get to Jank Uger, and I actually almost even object to putting him into this this category, but it's it's kind of a, a good place to talk. To some, yeah, so, yeah. Well, that's why I don't want to equate him, which is kind of my concern with his whole story. But we'll we'll save him for the end. But um, so uh, a couple people were accused this week. Uh, T.J. Miller, who's a comedian uh, actor from Silicon Valley, um, was accused by multiple women. Uh, sexual harassment uh, or sexual assault. And he apparently, it was an open secret in Hollywood that he was like a total fucking creep um, in a story that's becoming all too common. I, you know, I honestly over always got like a really like shitty vibe from him. Yeah. Like when I would hear him on podcasts and things, like not as an actor, but like when I would hear him in his, you know, pseudo real life, you know, situation. So like, I, I don't know. I wonder about that community in general, uh, that community of like LA comics, because a lot of them have been caught up in this. And I, and I kind of wonder like how complicit everybody else was from that. Well, I mean, scene in this. because you get a reaction from, you know, crazy, you know, jokes. I mean, we've all laughed at them, jokes that are just wrong and you laugh because it's funny. And you, so when you have a culture like that, then maybe to some people that are, you know, prone to it, maybe they think then it's okay because everyone's really like that. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just fucked up. Um, The other one uh, from Hollywood that came out this week was Max Landis, who, uh, is a screenwriter. Um, I had never heard director. of him, but apparently he was another uh, open secret one that um, even, you well, know, in social media, there had been yeah. stuff about him. So, you know, nobody's actually come out and made a direct accusation against him either, which is a little frustrating because there's a lot of talk of like third hand, like I know, blah, 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 um, which, you know, I'm of two minds about because I think it, it hangs him in the court of public opinion, but I, I would like for, and I know it's obviously fucking really hard for somebody to come forward, but it'd be nice if these things started off with an actual accuser. Cause like, then we can say, Oh wow. Okay. That's horrible. He did that to you. But when it's just like, Oh, I've heard rumblings around Hollywood for years about him. It, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it makes it difficult. You're right. I mean, I, I guess, for so long, women that came forward were themselves victimized that you can see Still, where, yeah. yeah, you can see where they, they wouldn't want to. Um, course, yeah. Could you potentially go forward anonymously to a reporter? Yeah, but then that's still not really the public getting a, um, you know, a full account. It's just, <clears throat> you know, sort of hearsay from someone you don't know. So it really makes this stuff challenging, um, you know, when there are things that don't actually hit uh, law enforcement or, you know, any kind of um, criminal accusations, how do we deal with this? Well, and sometimes they don't even do anything about it. If they right. do, like, you know, the Corey Feldman thing we talked about where the LAPD admitted that they had him back in 93 on tape saying that, like, X, Y, and Z is a pedophile and they're, you know, a big 
time Hollywood producer and like mm-hmm. the cops did nothing about it. So it's like, I, I, from that point of view, I get that it's really tough. So I don't know. I mean, mm. it, the other thing is it always seems to, these th- stories always seem to come out around when that person has a project coming out. Right. Cause like, you know, he, he just wrote, uh, the movie Bright for Netflix, which mm-hmm. I actually watched and was really good. Um, but, you know, he apparently his script was largely discarded. He just kind of wrote the concept for it. Um, so it feels bad about watching it because um, it's also it's a Will Smith movie. I love Will Smith. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, you know, and I understand that the reason it probably comes out around the time of, of people's projects coming out is because it kind of puts that person in the public eye and they're getting praise and that's really hard for you know people yeah, you're abused by that person you're being re-victimized every time that that person's name yeah. is held up you know in the spotlight yeah. and look how wonderful they are it's you know another knife in the heart to anyone that's been wronged by them so i get that yeah um, um but i also worry that when mm-hmm. things like this only happen like a week before somebody's movie's set to come out or something like that then it gives credence to people who are like, oh, well, you're just trying to take down X, Y, or Z. Um, I, I really wish there was some sort of mass disclosure that we could get to where we just like say, look, this person, this person, this person, and this person are all sexual, uh, you know, abusers. And like, I, you know, I, you well, know there I mean? was a like, story I, recently, and I'd have to look it up, but it was, you know, they processed a bunch of a backlog of rape kits and they found it was something like, it was either 300 or 3000 like serial rapists in, I think it was Chicago or somewhere like that. So, you know, these things, you know, they can identify these cases if they actually will go to the trouble of processing these kits, but I guess rape isn't profitable. You know, it's, it's easier for them to just, uh, you know, go after people for their unpaid parking tickets, then, you know, they're not going to get anything financial. That's going to cost them money to put away rapists. So, you know, we don't want to do that. It's frustrating. When yeah. you look at law enforcement and see it as a, a profit and loss game. Well, I mean, that's absolutely what it is in this country. I mean, it doesn't, it certainly doesn't enforce Everything the law. Is. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I don't know that, you know, the other thing with Max Landis and I, I, I bring this perspective of somebody who's been a fan of his writing for a long time. Cause he's been kind of a, a very hands-on uh, online personality in terms of encouraging screenwriting and giving tips and things like that. He, has a lot of mental issues. Uh, (laughs) Like I'm not even being a dick. Like he actually has like, he's on the spectrum, but he's also, I I think he has some kind of a, a, like a, a a unique bipolar disorder. I forget what it's called. Um, So, you know, the reason I, and the reason I was saying, I really wish there were more specific accusations is because I think he can come across as a fucking lunatic in, to people that don't know him like and he said himself like one one of the people who was saying oh yeah like uh, talking about him talking shit about him after the whole thing came out was like yeah i met i saw him at a party in la he's basically like if cocaine were a person <laughs> which i thought was hilarious <laughs> but i wonder if his just insane overbearing this, and he said he's been like off medication he used to take you know like bipolar meds but he's been off them for years because yeah. he thinks he functions better um, which may or may not be true, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if some of it's a product of him trying to be, uh, you know, uh, n- not to say like, that's why I just mean, I wish we had more specific accusations rather than like, Oh, he, you know, may like, I, I, you well, know you would I mean? imagine that people that, um, 
what for whatever mental health reason, whether you're on the spectrum or you have some sort of you know social deficit, you would imagine that instances of this you know these kinds of accusation would be more common because. I mean, hell, you know, with people that are allegedly neurotypical or normal or whatever you want to call it, there are yeah. enough miscommunications and misunderstandings, sure. um, you know, with sexual things that, that you can imagine it would just multiply that. I mean, you can you can apply the same thing to mental health and law enforcement. Um, you know, the instances of people that have mental health issues that wind up shot or killed by law enforcement is higher because there's there's a social language that that some people don't speak and you know others aren't necessarily trained to handle that yeah so i mean you know i i'm just very curious for actual accusations to come out about him that aren't made third hand because i i'm curious to see what the behaviors are and if they can be attributed to and, and obviously if there's anything remotely fishy then obviously you know you can't blame necessarily a condition on you know behaving a certain way if it's outwardly shitty i just i i i think it's you know I, that's why i just really wish we had concrete accusations on in some of these cases well so you point to the timing you know with these things when it comes to projects coming out but there's another element of timing and this is with jank and so you know, one of the things that I notice that they do with news stories that are big that they don't really want people to notice is that they will release them on a Friday, yeah. for example, <laughs> or right before a big holiday, for example. Trump's like a master of that. Exactly. And so that was one of the ones where I go, okay, well, this story was timed um, so that it would get out there and then hopefully people would, would quickly move past it and um, the individual associated would, uh, you know get a chance at redemption or recovery that others might not in a different portion of the news cycle. So I think there are ways that people manipulate the timing on this stuff in general. Oh, sure. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so you mentioned Jank. <laughs> Let's just get into it. Uh, mm -hmm. Cause this is going to definitely take up the rest of the podcast. Yeah. Um, so over the week, uh, Jank Uger, uh, the founder of the Young Turks uh, and the founder, co-founder of Justice Democrats, uh, I can't even say was accused of anything. Some old, some old blog posts were dug up by, uh, I don't know who they were dug up by, but they were reported on by Michael Sainto, uh, who writes over at uh, The Observer. He writes a couple places. Um, He's a good writer, though. I actually really like a lot of uh, his pieces. I've cited a lot of them on the podcast before. Uh, but basically, they dug up a lot of his old posts, and there's some, you know, really bad shit written. Yeah. Problematic. Yeah, that's a good way to describe <laughs> it. Problematic verbiage um, in these posts, which were from about 20 years ago. Like, I think the earliest ones were from 99. Um so, you know, let me uh, read a little bit of uh, what was said, and then we can we can kind of talk about our opinions on them. Yes. Um, well, so this is a, an article from The Wrap. Uh, I'll just read out part of this because that, I think, sums up uh, some of these posts. Um, and I think some of the um, lack of context in the original reporting on this, which I think certainly colored people's opinions on this story. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Young Turks creator and host Jank Uger made multiple graphic and disparaging remarks about women in his early days as a blogger, including saying that women were genetically, quote, flawed because they don't want to have sex often enough. Um, the rap found the blog posts from the early 2000s in online archives. 
uh, in an interview with The Wrap, Uger uh, apologized and said he deleted the ugly posts a decade ago um, because I don't, quote, I don't stand by them. Uh, the stuff I wrote back then was really insensitive and ignorant, Uger uh, said. If you read that today, what I wrote 18 years ago, and you're offended by it, you're 100% right. And anyone who is subjected to that material, I apologize to, and I deeply regret having written that stuff when I was a different guy. Uger uh, said he wrote the post while he was still conservative, uh, before he underwent a political transformation into a liberal, which is is documentable, by the way. He, his positions on nearly everything moved to the left, uh, Particularly during the Bush administration, because I think he woke up to how shitty the Republican Party was. Yeah, I but I think it's bullshit to, to call out, it's, this was when I was a conservative, as though that somehow makes it okay. No, no, I don't think, yeah. But, um, so, well, here, but so he goes on further. Um, he uh, His news organization, the Young Turks, now offers left-leaning stories and commentary. If someone said that today, I would heavily criticize them on the show, and rightfully so, and I have. I've criticized myself over the years, he added. I had not yet matured, and I was still a conservative. Uh, so I think that's an important thing that he said. I had not yet matured, and I was still a conservative who thought that stuff uh, was politically incorrect and edgy. When you I read had it not now, yet matured when I was 30-something. Okay, go on. Uh, I, I was still a conservative who thought that stuff was politically incorrect and edgy. When you read it now, it looks really uh, honestly ugly, and it's very uncomfortable to read. Um, in an entry from 2000, uh, Uger complained about not having enough sex while living in Miami. Uh, it seems like there's a sea of tits here, and I am drinking in tiny droplets. I want to dive into the whole goddamn ocean. Um, Real uh, wordsmith, oh, <laughs> young, yeah. young Jank was. <laughs> he wrote, uh, obviously the genes of women are flawed. They are poorly designed creatures who do not want to have sex nearly as often as needed for the human race to get along peaceably and fruitfully. Uh, in another entry, Rules of Dating, you described how fast physical intimacy should progress. Which was um, just fucking <laughs> arbitrary and ridiculous. It, well, yeah, I, I'll save my comments for the end of this article. All right, so women ignore these at your peril, he wrote. Rule number one, there must be some serious making out by the third date. If I haven't felt your tits by then, they're not about to last much. I don't want to go through all these, but basically he's just being... <laughs> you can't even read it. <laughs> That's how cringy it is. No, it's, it's super cringy, no no question. Um, so... Um, and, okay, and another post from 2004 described a road trip with Uger and Dave, uh, Dave Kohler, now senior VP of operations at TYT. The post was written in the style of a diary entry. At one point, Dave described chess. So this is not from Jank. This is from Dave Kohler. Um, Dave described chatting up some underage teenage girls he called whores and train. I actually um, would take exception to the way that this article framed that because he I would not say that he described chatting them up he described running into them and trying to I'll see if they actually have the context here uh in one small Pennsylvania town we stopped for gas and while Jank filled up I went to talk to these three girls who were walking down the road nearby turns out they were teenage girls whores in training literally looking for boys to pick them up he wrote they were around 14 and 16 and a few more years will be pretty damn good looking. Uh, so this is not, that's not from Jake. That's from Dave Kohler, uh, who didn't want to comment on this story. Go figure. Um, so Uger said that while the trip had been real, much of what was described in that entry had been satirical and exaggerated. 
Uh, Kohler wrote in a way that was over-the-top satire, and that doesn't look good, uh, said Uger. Some of the stuff he did in there, we didn't do. We did not proposition any underage women, which I don't even think it sounds like he was describing in that original post. He was just talking to them, and he found out they were teenagers. And he had a creepy comment about their their appearance, but that was, again, that was not Jank, that was Dave. Well, and you never really get the the story as to what made him think that they were waiting for guys to pick them up because they were there. I mean, yeah, just... well, that's, I think that's probably just Dave's sexism or whatever yeah. that, you know, that he thought were probably because of the way they were dressed or something. He, he, that was his opinion. Yes. Because women are there just for men's existence. Clearly. Well, I, I, I think that's probably what his, his, you know, dumb guy brain probably <laughs> thought. Um, Uger says the posts in no way reflect his views today and that the Young Turks encourages a progressive atmosphere where many women hold positions of power. But one former employee who spoke to the rap on condition of anonymity said Uger still makes comments that makes female staffers uncomfortable. Jenk uh, is just a knucklehead. He's a boy. He talks about women the way I talked when I was 13, he said. Uh, so this is a, a former male staffer. This is not a former female staffer. Uh, he's obsessed with body count, basically how many people you fucked. Uh, this is an important number to him. Uh, so uh, this this article came out before the, before I had read and before I think a lot of people had read the actual blog posts in um, in question here. <clears throat> and uh, honestly. Like reading through it, it's super fucking cringy and it's super dumb. Um, and I know we've we've disagreed pretty vehemently over the past few days about this. To me, this is literally, and this is written in 1999. And I know this is not an excuse, so let me just finish this whole <laughs> just, thought. Just let me. <laughs> but where the culture was in 1999? Oh, like, stop! No, seriously, no. it's because it, it's an important context because. No. <laughs> Everything in pop culture at this time was like obnoxious, anti-establishment, but not necessarily in like a positive way. Um, Anti-PC culture. I mean, the, every, the thing, if you think about the things that were the biggest in pop things in pop culture at this point were uh, WWF, which at the time was in the Attitude Era, which was super, uh, in retrospect, super sexist and super uh, sexual. Only charged. in retrospect. Well, not at the time, too, but I was yeah. a kid at the time, so I didn't really fucking know. Um, South Park, which has always been a super irreverent uh, anti-PC show, sometimes I think way too, you know, sometimes they're, uh, I've, I have very complicated feelings about South Park, but that's not, that's <laughs> Do you think they go show. too far? <laughs> not even that they go too far. I think they sometimes uh, attack the powerless instead of attacking the powerful, which I think yeah. is the biggest mistake in comedy that you can make. Uh, although they're, I think South Park does good work sometimes in social commentary. It's a very mixed bag. Mm. Um, but so, but and again, that was in its infancy. That was like in the early seasons when they didn't quite <laughs> have their uh, social commentary sharpened. And Howard Stern, who was like the biggest person in radio at the time, and all those people made a living on really gross kind of piggish behavior. So now that is not to excuse what Jank did, but I do think that that was kind of the entertainment landscape of the time. And I did the, the way this post is written, it's, it's written, it's not written like a diary entry. <laughs> like this is written. You're making me want to jump out of my skin right now. <laughs> you okay, really are. Look, you got it. You got to 
I know th- <laughs> you have to hear this perspective out because honestly, the, everything that I've read in this post makes it seem like, and this is not to excuse it because it's shitty, but it makes it seem like it's written to entertain people and make people chuckle who think that shit's an entertaining. There's no to question. Get around. There's no question that they fancy themselves some kind of gonzo journalists, like you know the yeah. you know writing shocking things or whatever. There's no question about that. You know the the issue that I have th- this defense of it as though um, this shit was okay or somehow that no, we didn't no, realize okay. that it wasn't okay in the '90s because you know keep in mind I was in D.C you know, in the the mid to late nineties, you know, the whole Lewinsky thing, that whole conversation, the conversation around power and sexism and all of those things that had already happened. And so I don't give anyone, if you want to talk about maybe, you know, the forties or even the fifties and go, okay, you know, I was raised in a different era. Like, I, I still don't think that's okay, but I can accept that a little bit more. The reality is that People knew at the time that this shit was awful and they did it anyway. Stern knew that that shit was awful. He still knows. And he did it anyway. You look at Eminem's lyrics from that time. They're fucking horrible. Yeah. Talked about murdering and drowning his wife. I mean. Well, I mean, but that was, I think, over the top satire, obviously. But I mean, he talked about, he he had like really homophobic lyrics, really, you know, sexist lyrics for sure um, back then. I, I just think. What I say that is not to excuse it, but I think as part of trying to insert yourself into that entertainment landscape, I mean, Jank has always said that he always wanted to be like that kind of a Howard Stern type radio person. I mean, and really, even the Young Turks now is just him, you know, talking shit, like, you know, saying what he thinks about things. I think he's always kind of uh been that type of guy especially someone who i think he grew up in new jersey um I, so the reason i mention that is because when you read this article it really comes off a lot more satire especially with its context because i mean like the so the line that pre- that precedes that genes of women are flawed bullshit is um he says in miami uh oh in miami uh it seems a clear decrease in earning potential um, and is heavily frowned upon. I, I think he's talking about the fact that he was a, a talk show host or a reporter or whatever. That he walked um, away from law school to do that. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. So uh, I have never seen girls so turned off as to when I tell a Miami girl that I no longer practice law. Yeah, okay, you're right. Uh, this reaction is sick. Maybe they were just turned off by you and it had nothing to do with what you were saying. Well, yeah. I mean, he's, he's never been the most charming guy. He's a, he's a bit of a buffoon. Um, Maybe you had bad breath. Maybe you were spitting when you talked. I mean, a million things could have been going on there. And he makes this assumption that's one of the worst ones you could make. Rather than taking a look and, you know, reflecting well, on himself and who he is, he's blaming it and saying that these women are, you know, yeah. somehow shallow. Well, Jay, look, uh, he <laughs> self-admits that he was a fucking idiot. At, at this point in his life. But so what he says in the rest of the, I just want to give context to the proceeding of that line. This reaction is sickening in it's depraved, whorish blatantness. Uh, this happened again on Friday night when I told a, what seemed to be a sweet fifth grade teacher, my story. Uh, she lost all interest, quickly lost her sweet smile and literally switched seats. Uh, so as to not sit next to them. <laughs> That's pretty fucked up. Uh, so to not sit next to the man. That threw away such good future earning potential. A, I don't buy it. B, what an idiot. 
Um, uh, obviously, the genes of women are flawed. They are poorly designed creatures who do not want to have sex nearly as often as needed for the human race. I mean, to get I, along peaceably and for. Look, so I read that and I look at it and I'm like, you're just pathetic. You're whining about how you can't get laid. You got no yeah. game, and and you're objectifying women as a sea of tits rather than as people with you know thinking beings and minds and you know ambitions and goals and all of these things. You you look at the world and this is his view at this time, satire or whatever. This is how he's describing his view as, you know, women are a sea of body parts. I, I, I gun to my head, there is no fucking way in the world that he literally believed, even in 1999, that the genes of women are flawed. He's just trying to be funny because he knows it's kind of pathetic the way he approaches women and the way he can't uh, find a woman because he's probably just kind of a buffoon. And that bumbling. part doesn't even matter to me, whether he was being well, yeah, satirical but that's the part or that was taken out of context and highlighted to make it seem like he's this fucking sexist maniac who thinks that women like, who's almost like believes in like phrenology. Like, you but know, that like was for, one for women. piece, but there were lots of quotes of his in sure. there. And they're, they're all shitty, but well, I, and so the other part of this that, that I think is important, and this was, um, We'll get into the the link with Justice Democrats in a little bit, but this was from a candidate who is one of the Justice Democrats, and um, they're all the candidates coming out with various statements, and we'll talk about what's happened, but um, and this there is, seems to be a very big range of opinions between the candidates and between everybody. There uh, is. So this is from Courtney Rowe, and I'm not going to read you the whole statement, but I'll read you part of it. It says, um, when I started this campaign, I promised all of you I would do things differently. I would put the platform in voters first before big money and media popularity. It's not been easy as a candidate. I have seen firsthand why there is so much corruption in this process. There have been many tests. Uh, yesterday was a very big test, but I think I made the right decision. This is where she decided at the last minute not to go on TV. IT. She says, I understand Jenk is a very different guy politically than he was 18 years ago when some of the reference blog posts were written. I can accept that apology and move forward from those posts. However, that's not all there is. I watched several clips from the last eight years on TYT where Jenk defended women who molested their teenage students, where he defended a woman who allegedly drugged and anally abused a man with whom she had a prior sexual relationship, and the men's Harvard soccer team who made a catalog sexually degrading the women's Harvard soccer team. I cannot abide by those comments. I can forgive someone who has changed for the comments they made in the past, but these more recent comments are indicative of the toxic masculinity that contributes to rape culture. And so, um, you know, I, I agree with her in this, and, and you and I have gone back and forth in this. What I said from the beginning was, we're not going to see the end of this. Um, these blog posts are from a time and they, in my view, um, they portray a worldview that doesn't go away easily. And I think what's happened, what I've observed in the last 20 years, we've got thieves in the temple when it comes to feminism. We've got people who profess to be allies, who profess to be on the side of women, who show up at the pink pussy hat you know, protests because they want to get pussy, um, you know, because they see this as... Um, as a way to hit on people. Right. And I just want to say you aren't fooling anybody. Um, We we see that. Um, And I think this is just another example where a lot of men may have learned to speak about these things differently than they did 20 years ago. I am less than convinced that their true attitudes have changed. Now, you know, you, you have to give people the benefit of the doubt. And so, you know, my view is we'll watch this over the next couple of weeks and I'd be willing to bet that we'll hear from someone, maybe more than one person, um, you know, come forward and talk about personal experiences where, you know, 
this view was um, was acted upon in real life. So I'm not saying that that we're going to hear that he sexually assaulted anyone, but I'd be willing to bet you'll yeah. hear some allegations of sexism in the workplace and other things like that. Um, and and to this woman's point, there are more recent problematic statements. So we are not just talking about something from 20 years ago. We're talking about things that that have continued. Um, and maybe he misspoke in moments. Um, but you think, you know, when people are speaking, uh, you know, a podcast like this or something where they're talking live every now and then you get a little window into who they really are. And I can't help sure. but feel like this is a window on him and it's a concerning one. And so what's happened with the justice Democrats? Um, he was a part of starting that. Uh, he, wait, 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 time out. Be- yeah. Before we get into that, I want to, I just want to dr- unpack a couple things you said, okay. um, because we'll get to, we'll get to the resignation and all that spoiler alert uh, <laughs> and all that. But, um, so her post was interesting. Um, I did not see the first two videos that she referenced, but I think she's very much mischaracterizing him, quote unquote, defending, uh, this Harvard men's lacrosse team. Cause I actually remember watching that story. It was from like a year or so ago. He wasn't defending the lacrosse team. He just didn't, uh, believe that the way their private message board was, it, it, it's a lot more complicated than she painted it. He wasn't saying like, Oh yeah, it's fine that they made those comments. He actually condemned the comments. He just was like a little weary of the way that like some of their private messages became, public and grounds for them to get like kicked out of the school, like, which I don't necessarily agree with him on, but I think that's painting it as, as, as perpetuating rape culture in that one particular story, I think is, is misleading. Um, that's just, you know, um, I think there's a whole body of work that we have to look at and review in light of this. And I I don't have time to do it. (laughs) Yeah, no, nobody (laughs) does. And I've watched a lot of TYT and I think Jenk, can be kind of a pig and you know, maybe he's a bit of a, he, he has a bit of chauvinism still. Uh, I do. Yeah. Well, no. And I do think he's come probably come a long way personally in a lot of ways. Cause I mean, I'm sure his policy positions. uh, So a lot of his policy positions have earnestly changed as he's grown exposed to more, information in his life even in his adult life like it just you know when when he used to be a republican he used to be pro iraq war now he's you know vehemently anti-war in almost every situation i i think it's slightly unfair to say that a person can't evolve past that and that they're always going to harbor those things now it doesn't excuse having those thoughts or expressing those thoughts and it doesn't it's not to say that he doesn't still hold some of those views, but I don't I, think we're saying that you can't evolve. And I think there's been a lot of discussion of this online. In fact, people have been um, jumping to his defense. Uh, you can call them Bernie bros or whatever you want to call them, but there are people. And I think a lot of them males acknowledging their own past um, indiscretions and things that they've said that maybe they regretted and whatever saying, well, then none of us are redeemable if, if we're going to you know hang for everything we've ever said. And I, I feel two ways on it. One is you own your digital trail. You own everything you've said and done in your life, and you have to answer for it. You just do. Um, Does that mean that you should necessarily lose your job for shit you said 20 years ago? No. But does that mean that you should lead an organization that is supposed to be on the forefront of pushing forward a progressive agenda that is very pro-female, pro-minority, you know, all of those things? I I don't think you're the best face for that. That's just my view. So my issue with it is that 
he started the organization and obviously the organization's grown to be, you know, this, its own kind of living, breathing entity uh, that he doesn't probably participate too much in the day-to-day operations of. But I don't think he's that guy anymore. And I do think he's genuinely fighting to further uh, progressive causes, you know, women's issues, LGBT issues, just general progressive causes, progressive candidates. And I think for... To me, this is similar to the Sam Cedar thing because it's like you let some, you know, dubious source just dig through every piece of your digital footprint from 20 fucking years ago to find what I guarantee you there's not a person listening to this. There's not a person on the fucking Internet who hasn't posted some shit that they regret. Like, I'm sure in my early days of Twitter, I made some dumb joke that I probably would love to erase from the digital you know, history or whatever, whatever you want to call it. But, but that's not exactly what we're talking about. I mean, have we all probably said something that we regretted? Yeah, but we haven't all said something that was misogynistic and, you know, sexist or just, you know, really um, objectifying the opposite sex. We haven't all done that. We might have said something stupid, um, but I, I don't think it's right to, to take a broad brush and characterize that that everybody has done this because they haven't. I haven't. No, I haven't. I haven't said anything like what he said. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty fucking bad. Um, but I, I think we're, and this is a lot of people are talking about this with Franken, and I agree that Franken should resign because there were like eight fucking women that came forward and said that he had groped them or been inappropriate. Um, but at a certain point, we have to look at: Are we letting people weaponize? benign and i'm not saying that frank it was benign because i don't think it was slightly benign things to silence actual progressive voices um when i mean like with the sam cedar thing is a perfect example sam cedar made a joke uh on twitter that was actually making fun of how hollywood liberals were like oh yeah we love roman polanski because he's a great filmmaker and we don't really care that he raped people uh or, or that he was a pedophile, or whatever. I forget the exact context of the joke. But people, because of the way he said it, almost in character, uh, you know, he got fired from MSNBC because fucking Mike Cernovich and all these alt-right, uh, you know, trolls uh, spread this to try to get them fired. Um, and they are, uh, you know, not to say... It doesn't they, matter who found it. doesn't matter but that, that they but had an agenda. It's something that's, that's true. But... No, but in, but in Sam Sears' case, it wasn't true. He was being satirical, and because people can't fucking understand satire, they he got fired over it. And I think his joke was actually really funny because he was actually calling to task Hollywood liberals uh, who supported Rum Plansky because he was a good filmmaker, even though he was kind of a monster. That's not necessarily the case in Jenks' situation, but I also think that... Again, you own your digital trail. And if somebody is going to misunderstand he something, he apologized for you own it, it. And he came out and said, like, look, this is fucking horrible. I'm not going to say this wasn't horrible. I'm not going to say that I didn't say these things, but I'm a much different person. Like, it was really shitty of me. What um, I take issue with is I don't think he should go- resign. A double I, I really standard and moving the goalposts because I could very easily see, Jenk, if this were a conservative, if this were, you know, conservative Rush Limbaugh or somebody out there, I could see them lighting this person on fucking fire and he, and he said that for too. some he of this stuff. And you've made a career of doing that. You've made a career 
and and the entire time you've known that you're a hypocrite about it, that you're calling other people out for shit that you yourself have done. I just think it's intellectually dishonest. <sighs> yeah, I, I just don't think you can hold people uh, to to everything they've ever said in their like. Uh, okay, so my my biggest thing with this is that. When stuff like this comes out, it's obviously being weaponized because we're in a time right now where there's a lot of stories about people with really heinous sexual misconduct coming out. No question. You know, the shit about like wine, all this stuff that's happening right now. And that's the moment we're in where it's so bad that we have to do a weekly fucking roundup of it on the podcast of right. all the people that have uh, been, you know, accused of sexual assault and yada, yada. So you know, it's being weaponized right now to the point where like, I think we do need to delineate between different um, offenses because I, yeah, when, no, when it comes all these out things aren't equal. There's no question. All these things are not but, equal. But saying the, something bad is different from doing something bad is different from doing something really bad, right, but I it's mean, all bad. Yeah, but that, okay. I, and I agree. And I've said that many times on the show, but what I'm saying is this is clearly designed to be weaponized because it, it, it this didn't come out, you know, f- five years ago or whatever. This came out at a time when everyone's being immediately tried and hung in the court of public opinion when anyone makes an accusation about them. And that's not, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't believe accusers, but what I'm saying is that this is clearly being lumped in with those things when it shouldn't be lumped in with those things because this is, I think, a much different thing. And I really think it's kind of ridiculous for him to resign over comments he made 20 years ago. Like I tell my I, I daughter, don't... I tell my daughter all the time. She's nine and you know, she's getting involved in the digital world, sent out her first tweet. You know, she's, she's looking at YouTube, all of that stuff. And I tell her all the time, be very careful of what you put sure. online because it is there forever and forever after it could be something embarrassing. It could be something stupid. It can be you know, whatever. <laughs> no, but it, everything you you own it and it's it's there forever and so um i just don't think that we can um constantly say well that was 20 years ago or that was whatever and still have people leading um when they've got all of this in their background i don't think it's the right person to lead that organization no and i, I don't think he necessarily should have should have let, you know it been the face of the organization still but the way that they severed ties with him and he resigned, you know, he resigned. Away. So it, it wasn't really clear, well, but it he, sounded yeah, like yeah, he but they pushed him out. They, Kyle made it very clear. It's so Kyle Kalinske who's also was a, a founding member of, of uh, uh, Justice Democrats just released a video like right before we went on air about this, talking about it. And he the actually board got resigned. together. Yeah. Yeah, he resigned from the Justice Democrats too because he thinks that this is he shouldn't have that Jank shouldn't have been forced out the way he was. Um, so what well, he, he wouldn't have wanted was, to stay. I mean, when there are all no, those people I, there that feel that what he you know did well, yeah, was the, the, yeah. so he said a lot of the staff was like it's him or us kind of thing. So they they kind of had their hands tied because they didn't want to hamstring the organization, which I you know I, I it may be anyway at this for, point. Uh, I, I think it'll be all right. Um, but well, you know, look, the fucking the mainstream media and the and the and the centrists are going to use whatever they can to smear any kind of progressive organization. Anyway, I don't um, think the fact that it's being weaponized even matters. I think what matters is the fact that it's true and that it's out there. Because you but, again, people are yes, going. True, you have to how assume. Severe is it? Is the question? I mean, well, that's that's a different question. But it's it's out there. That's an important question. Well, yeah, I, and I said, it's not as though all of these things are equal. There are levels to it. 
But when you look at an organization like this that is supposed to be leading on progressive issues, and you've got someone who, I mean, not just a long time ago, but more recently has said some pretty problematic things, um, it, it might make sense to distance from that person. So I don't necessarily even disagree with that. I think what Kyle's point was, which I actually really agree with, is that Justice Democrats were very um, confrontational and not amicable in the way that they announced his his resignation. They really painted him to be this horrible sexist and misogynist. And their press release was pretty strong. I will I will agree with it, that. It, it was it was pretty shitty. I would say. I think they kind of smeared him a little bit. I think they made it seem like he's still that person. Like that's, which I think is just we not, don't know I, what I they really, know. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't think he's worked directly, you know, I don't know if they, do they even have an office. Like, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't, like, I don't I, like, I just don't think that they have any frame of reference to say the things they did. And I think there was a little bit of obviously Kyle's on the board. So there's disagreement among the board members in terms of how to handle it. But I think that their statement was unnecessarily uh, confrontational and uh I don't know the word. I'd be willing to bet that if they had waited 48 hours and watched the online reaction, that it would have they would have put out something different because the online reaction something a lot less severe. Yeah, the online reaction was interesting. I saw a lot more people speaking out in Jenks' defense and in saying we had a support progressive Twitter party, and you know Justice Dems tweeted out something about support progressives, and somebody went right back at him and said, "You want to talk about supporting progressives? You don't even support your own." Um, and so you know I get that. Um, I understand that criticism too. I think that they probably would have done things. My guess well, I think is this was probably. A, a one differently. or two person decision. Um, and I don't think this was necessarily run by even Kyle because he, he was kind no, of, they said it was more and, of the staff that it was like the bulk of the staff that was, um, yeah. you know, that they, these were all people that brought skills and things to the table of justice systems that they themselves didn't have, that this organization wouldn't exist without these other people. They would have to completely start over, you know, from scratch. Now, so maybe they're irreparably harmed anyway. It's, it's, maybe. you know, it's difficult I, I, to tell right now. Um, there are other people who either a were critical of justice stems anyway as an organization before because they believe that either they are um, sending money to the establishment or that because they're funded by Republicans that they're there to weaken establishment Democrats and thereby strengthen the Republican Party. I think, you know, either of those are, are kind of interesting. Republicans? Or? Yeah, that, that 20 million that they got was an infusion from a Republican, well, so. But that TYT got or that Justice Democrat? Uh, TYT, got? yeah, not just yeah. Well, no, well, no. I, so the the I actually and I had a big problem with the twenty million, but that I, I would say that's actually not true to characterize it as Republican. Jeffrey Katzenberg, who's the, I think he's the CEO of DreamWorks. He's a Democrat, but he's kind of a shitty Democrat. He's like a uh, super pro-Israel. So Democrat. he's a real Democrat. <laughs> yeah, so he's a regular Democrat. <laughs> So yeah, I guess if you wanted to say that that's a Republican, then that's fair game. But but I, I just I should just clarify that for the record. So I actually it was curious, and my concern when he donated the twenty mil or whatever you know invested the twenty million yeah. was that they would be uh, te- tepid on Israel and condemning Israel. But I actually have to say that watching Jenks' coverage of recent things, that's not the case. So and he, and he said at the time, look, he didn't you know he didn't ask for, and we told him we would not give him any kind of editorial control yada yada it's i'm so curious bizarre, why right he now. donated the money like why would you just give someone 20 million like yeah that's that's the weird thing there, what, there's yeah, always whatever. an agenda it's really bizarre sure. though with jank right now online because there are people you know a lot of the pr- 
progressives you quote a lot you know, of people never trusted jank for like for a years to also a lot be of fair real progressives, progressives. are like yeah. um you know disappointed in him because they feel like he <clears> turned over <throat> to support hillary too quickly but what's funny is there's a lot of hillary supporters that say that that he's misogynistic and you know was there for her downfall and so it's like he can't <laughs> fucking win i mean I, you know i'm not defending him on either side no, but i just no, find no. it really interesting that that nobody it seems like is happy with i him. think as far as the whole primary and Bernie Hillary thing. I, I respectfully disagreed with his position, but I don't think he was doing it from a place of any malice. Like, I think that was genuinely his opinion. And that's kind of what Kyle said, who, you know, Kyle said he supported Jill Stein in the, in the general, but he's like, look, I don't, I disagree with Jank, but I don't think he's doing it because he's like a shillery or anything. I just think he, um, you know, he made a, a calculation. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, a lot of people did. Josh Fox this week, and we didn't even have time to talk about that this week, but he kind of criticized Jill Stein this week and said that he thought that she shouldn't have run run in swing states, which I also disagree with, but I don't think he's coming at it from a place of maliciousness. I think he's just been kind of hanging around the wrong <laughs> like, uh, the, the wrong end of the progressive spectrum a Has little he been too watching much. too much cnn i i had that happen once no, 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 <laughs> I, I, he's i mean like look josh is a genuine activist and he does really good work and i think he's uh, th- there's an establishment ish wing of progressives if if you could call it that kind of like the the progressive celebrities who are a little too hashtag resistance for my liking <laughs> kind of like the mark ruffalo and john cusack who are fucking awesome and and are actual progressives and support Bernie in the primary. But I think because they're kind of wealthy that they don't necessarily dig down deep on every issue. So I think he hangs around with those people a little too much lately. But, right. Um, but, I, but again, I don't think it's from a position of malice or selling out. I just think sometimes people can have different opinions and we shouldn't hang them for it. But, um, but no, really quick, back to Jank, the point I wanted to make. Um, I... I just think we do need to draw a line in terms of how we adjudicate these things. And I think it was kind of crazy how quickly he was forced out of this organization without any kind of, uh, you know, time to deliberate and investigation and time to talk to the candidates. I, you know, I I think they were terrified of being, you know, strung up online and that wasn't necessarily the reaction that I saw later. It turned out to actually kind of be the opposite that yeah. happened they got strung up for their their haste in ditching him yeah and oh so I, I don't know if i even mentioned it but yeah so kyle in his video actually resigned because he I, I might have mentioned it but he, he didn't agree with disagreed. yeah the opinion of the board and the, the rest of the justice and was, stems and he said he was very upset with the press release and the framing of it because they really i i don't think that I, and i think you, you, we can at least it was strong agree on language. The, yeah, the way, the way they framed it was a little unfair um, yeah. in the way they characterized it, and it was kind of they made suppositions that weren't necessarily there to be. Well, you know, it's it's funny being on the other side of this with you because you know I'm not the strongest feminist in the world. Like there are times in this podcast when I'm like way more feminist than you on this. Yeah, like you got to speak out for women, but but on this one, I'm a secret jank. Am I secret misogynist? (laughs) (laughs) On this one, I'm sorry. I got to draw the line in the sand, and I got to say zero tolerance. No moving the goalposts. We're not going to take it on the other side. We're not going to take it on our side. What what I would have thought would be a satisfying solution to this. would be if he maybe resigned from the board of the Justice Democrats. My concern is that we're letting, you know, whether they're letting 20-year-old comments or 10-year-old, whatever it is, letting them p- 
possibly cut off access um, to the biggest online news outlet in the world, which is the literally the only advantage any of the Justice Democrats have, because they're all progressives who have pledged not to take any corporate money. They all have the positions we want to see because we want to make the country better. But they're not um, cutting off access. Nobody's saying that they can't go on TYT. <sighs> yeah, they can choose not he, to. But I mean, they're still. I, you know, now he could. Do you he think could the Justice Democrats as an organization would want them, to, especially after the way they kind of shit on him in the press release? From the things that I've seen um, so far and what they've released publicly, I mean, I they haven't. To be seen. Yeah, they haven't really said, you know, you can't do this. Um, I, I don't think they're dictating to anyone what, you know, media outlets they can or can't use. What they yeah. have said is but that they're not, not going to still they're not gonna like... arrange it themselves or coordinate it. So that's the only difference. They can still yeah. do it, but they're just not going to be a part of arranging it. Well, they had a very very, in- <laughs> it's a weird word to use, but they had a very incestuous relationship when he was still yeah. on the board of, you know, like he would just, he just started a show rebel headquarters where he basically would just highlight and interview justice Democrats and other progressives running around the country uh, to talk about the races because they don't have any mainstream media exposure. Cause we've seen all the shit that like the mainstream media has done, you know, to, like the, what they were doing this or like what the party, the main, you know, like what the, establishment wing of the party has done to people like Sarah Smith, where they wouldn't give her um, access access to van and shit like that. So these people are already at a tremendous disadvantage. So my concern is that, and it's not to say that this isn't his fault because obviously it's his fault that he wrote that shit. But I just, I, 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 my concern is that a lot of really good candidates are going to get a good chunk of their exposure kind of carved out of their, of their campaign. I think it's one outlet. I mean, I don't think it's going to be the main thing. And I don't even think that, um, that, that that will stop some of them. I, I mean, from what I've seen so far in the candidates themselves, they still are trying to sort through all of this and, sure, yeah. you know, and, and see what happens on it. So I don't think that they um, have unified necessarily as of yet on, you know, what their take is going to be. And I don't know that they have to. I think, you know, you can have a different opinion and still, you know, agree on a lot of, as you and I do, um, on a lot of the issues. So I think that that's fine. Um, I don't think that they're shutting off anything here. And I do think that it could have been potentially harmful for the candidates had he stayed on board with that. I think that, you know, if I were in his shoes, just to make absolutely certain that, you know, none of my past bullshit uh, rubbed off on any of the candidates, I would have stepped away just to, you know to kind of um, protect maybe, them from that. And maybe I wouldn't have even had a huge issue with it if if I didn't think that they were kind of being assholes about the way that they severed ties with him. Like, I think maybe that was the thing that rubbed most people the wrong way, is that they kind of threw him under the bus. And yeah, like, if, none of us were in that room, but I can imagine that they were really worried that there was going to be a shit storm online and that they were going to get sure. strung up and that it was going to end the organization, so... But that's also like I think that's also the general like liberal like kind of uh, automatic playing defense, which is kind of the thing that we always accuse the Democrats of is that it's like we are reactionary, we are knee jerk, all of that. That's true. And and is there um, an almost impossible purity test happening here? Yeah, I mean, I I do think that that's true. Um, You know, there are people that that I do think um, have truly evolved in their hearts and minds on these issues. I don't know if he's one of them. I think that there are people who have um, that, you know, don't have any more recent statements that are problematic. Um, You know, and you can look at it differently. You can't, 
you can't put all of these in the same category. But, you know, um, if there are, and we'll find out, I guess, in the coming days and weeks, if there are um, continued, uh, you know, discussions of womanizing, of objectifying women, of any of those kinds of things, I think that it's a problem um, for his brand in general. Now, yeah. what happens with TYT? That remains to be seen also. I don't think, I mean, as of now, at least, I don't think, unless someone actually comes forward and makes an accusation. And that's actually, oh, that was one quick thing before we go. I wanted to uh, also get out. The, the other reason I, I'm concerned about the way this is being characterized is that, at least from the reports, this is not an issue of power dynamic in terms of uh, sexually harassing an underling or someone that works for him. Because there's no actual that's not in any of the texts well so it, the it third party just... the third party male said that he's made females uncomfortable um at work but yeah, we don't have that directly from we don't we don't have any kind of ex- like uh details on that so that i just think you know it, unless somebody comes forward and says and there and there are plenty of ex-tyt employees who fucking hate tyt now because well, they've had falling out like dave rubin we didn't get into it either source, like yeah but it's not just tyt or that's being looked at so vice that was another story that came out this week there's um been numerous stories coming out about problems at vice and sort of a, a culture kind of, of a toxic, toxic masculinity culture. and you know uh bad jokes like and harassment think... and all of those things so Someone like Anna, who seems to be very headstrong and like doesn't seem to take shit, I don't think she would stand for that kind of an atmosphere. I could be wrong. I mean, you know, obviously I could be wrong, but just, just we the get sense so I used get from to though her, as women just going and looking the other way. I mean, we really do. Oh, you. Yeah, we. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it. You know, I've worked in HR. You know, I, I have come to expect yeah. from a, a large number of men. Um, this kind of impropriety. And if I made an issue, if I made a public case out of every time that someone said something inappropriate or did something inappropriate, my God, you know, I'd have no spare time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I can, I, not that I can relate on that level, but I, I've, I've certainly. You've been like, in those rooms. You've heard I've been those in, jokes. I've, I've been in, oh, yeah, fuck. I mean, God, you don't have no idea. Well, you, you may have some <laughs> idea, but you have no idea what guys, how guys talk to other guys when they think that yeah. they're allies like oh, and that's man, my point tits were blah, blah, blah. And i'm like dude come on like this is not... that's my point about Especially the male the people yeah that's my yeah. point about the male you know staff are saying that this is how he made like, other people feel because i, I guarantee like you a sizable majority of people that age unfortunately like i don't i don't know how we fix that because <laughs> then we still have a problem <laughs> yeah I, I think we're gonna have a problem for a long fucking time i mean I, i'd like to think my generation as a whole is not like that but i know like people like in their 40s 50s 60s pretty much to a to a person almost every one of them when when they're alone with you when they're talking about a woman or something is like super gross and like and like i've never been comfortable in those situations the number of secret racists and secret sexists and whatever when you get into a bar you get some drinking people especially those over 50 i mean it's on like (laughs) take any politician i mean just yeah this stuff is so pervasive. I'm glad yeah. we're talking about it. We may not all agree on the solutions right now, but it's definitely an important conversation when we need to continue to have. I just really wish, though, this drips and drabs is is really painful. It's, 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 um, yeah. That it, that in itself is toxic because it's it's almost revictimizing people that have been through this. Every time another one comes out, another case, it's like, okay, do I have to feel all these things again and go through all these things again? Maybe if everybody just came forward and said, yeah, I was a shitty person and I was a sexist and I was horrible and I'm learning and I'm trying. I don't know, you know, like Spurlock did. Um, maybe we could uh, start to move forward. Some credit for that because I think that's what needs to kind of happen. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And so with people like Jenkins, like, okay, well, TikTok, you were here, you saw all these other things coming out. You knew this shit was in your past. How could you not have tried to get in front well, of this? I, I, I think he assumed since he deleted them, you know, a decade ago, as you <laughs> were saying. He, and, not and, very you know, internet look, savvy. <laughs> no. He, he, look, he, look, no one, I don't think anyone would argue that Jenks not a buffoon. Like he's, he, he's a buffoonish man. Like, I don't think he's a bad person, but he's a, he's a buffoon. Like he's, he's loud. He's, he's boisterous. Like he's a typical New York, New Jersey. Like, you know, I look, I know a thousand guys like Jank, which is maybe why I'm sympathetic to him because maybe. I know that he, he's, maybe he's not a bad person deep down. I think he's just knows that. He probably was ashamed of those posts, you know, 10 years ago. He's like, oh, this sounds like fucking horrible. See, like, I, I don't get rid of this. I don't necessarily think that these are all bad people, but but no, I do think yeah. that they're really bad perspectives. And so, of course, yeah, you know, oh, absolutely. We have to talk about it. Yeah. But not so, anymore today because I think we're about out of time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's interesting and we'll see what happens with that. But um, I, I think it was it was mishandled by a lot of different fronts uh, in, in this situation. So I guess we'll see how it plays out. We'll watch. Um, and I don't even know because there will be more in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Come back next week and me and LaDonna will have a boxing match live on air. And you guys can enjoy that. Or maybe I'll just drink a box of wine <laughs> because that's where I am now. It has been a long fucking year. It's the holidays. Oh I'm done. I can't put together another tweet. I can't look at another Facebook post. I'm out. <sighs> Yeah, well, year's over at least. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure 2018 will be so much better and not at all horrible. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so uh, if you like what you hear, uh, check us out on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash move left. Uh, we do our movie progressive uh, or just political movie reviews over there. We did a review for They Live, uh, also JFK where we review the movie, talk about its uh, socio-political uh, impact and things that it, it discusses. Um, and that's only three bucks a month. Uh, so that's a pretty cheap. Talk Patreon. about sexy so, mullets and yeah. <laughs> Roddy Piper, sexy mullet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, check us out there. We are on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left. We are on Twitter, uh, twitter.com or Twitter or at move left idiots uh i'm at a montarulo on twitter i'm at uh, a poly bent p-o-l-i-b-e-n-t or the political bent on facebook you can, you can direct your hate tweets to me <laughs> um that's fine and um come back and join us next week on move left idiots
There's insanity in the control room tonight.